0: Welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is known in the English language about. Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we are a bit biased. I am your host, Brian NKC. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow, more importantly, the show on Twitter. That is at HEF. Pod. You can also follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash h e f pod. Drop us a line. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com. Why should you follow us on Facebook? Well, we only put all the latest uh, track news and information all in the English language, all in one convenient location. So if you haven't signed up, what's holding you back? All right. So we have a full panel here to discuss Eintracht versus uh, Volkswagen for lack of a better term. And let's I'll start going towards the east. So that brings me first to Nathan in St. Louis. Nathan, be good to see you,
1: Not the, not Frankfurt.
0: And well, <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll be around in your neck of the woods in what, like two weeks? We can have a beer and commiserate then. Sound good? Sounds good. uh a little bit north and a little further east is none other than chris in detroit
2: hey brian how you doing
0: you know just glad i no longer work in the auto industry let's put it that way Oh, nothing more to say about that. And uh, going just uh, that last bit further east in the Big Apple. Oh, it's none other than Matt in New York City. Matt, how is the Big Apple and how are you? Uh,
3: Big Apple is pretty big. Still big. Still a big city. (laughs) But um, I'm good. Uh, I I see a light at at the end of the tunnel for our boys here, fellas.
0: Light at the end of the tunnel. What light? Uh, uh, is this a subway tunnel? <laughs>
3: the good kind of light. Is a, <laughs> <laughs> which kind There's of a tunnel? train coming.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh it's boy. called Byron. So, uh, it Byron.
3: No, uh, the, uh, at the end of the station called our first win.
0: There we go. There we go. You know, who doesn't like some roast mutton? I do from 10 to 10. Uh, Lama is very good. And if anyone needs to has any doubts, watch my big fat Greek wedding. So enough about endorsing uh, <laughs> movies that made a lot of money back in the 90s. Um, let's talk about the Eintracht at the weekend. Uh, for what was an actually interesting match at the end of the day. It was Eintracht Frankfurt 1, Wolfsburg 1. It's a little bit different. Sort of a... Expected result. Um, I wasn't really exactly expecting a win or a draw, I wasn't really expecting points to be had. I honestly thought, you know, maybe Wolfsburg is really good instead. You know, we uh we share in the spoils. Uh, not gonna lie, uh, when it comes to the way that uh Wolfsburg did play guys Uh, there's a reason why only 9200 fans are interested in uh, watching this team at the very least (laughs) but then again um, this is a team that I thought that we would struggle with Uh, the kind of team that they came out with was one that I'm like wow, girl, I'm not watching this live and yet, uh, go figure we would score the first goal of the match. Um, we did roll out with a, what looked like a four, two, three, one. I would have thought maybe we would have tried again, the four, four, two formation like we had in the Europa league, but that was proven to be a bad, uh, non-starter. So we had, um, and da Costa, you know, as the kind of fullbacks, center back pairing of Indyka and Hinterleger, uh, Jakic, and so kind of so just locking down their spots in the midfield. Kostic, Bore, Kamada, uh, bored with Kamada, I think is what most people are going to start saying. So uh, I start? am going to... Sh- oh, well, I mean, come on, I can't be on the <laughs> island forever. Yeah, uh, eventually Robinson Caruso left.
3: Did you did you see Kamada's run in the second half when he was wide open in the box and <laughs> decided to take like six more touches before four defenders end up completely smothering him and he chips over the ball and looks like a dumbass. Uh, did you see that part? Um,
2: Brian, I'm very aware of that. Brian, part. it's okay. Even Tom Hanks made it off the island.
0: Exactly. You don't have to apologize. You know, I can get Why? off that island. And yet, for whatever reason, when I was interviewed on the Belgian football podcast, uh, they were all wanting to know it's like, so how good has Kamada gotten? And I'm like, well, he's got his moments. Then he looks like, you know, he's a five year old kicking the ball around.
2: But now it's at the point where he's actually a liability mm. because he kind of had an opportunity to put that away. I don't know if it was a, the best opportunity, but he could have put the ball in play somewhere else. A shot on goal is better than falling on your face.
3: Or Um, even off target. Just a shot.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, literally my six year old in the backyard does not fall the way he fell. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable for that. But, Look, At the same to time, the person who
0: probably took uh, Lammers to Elbe Strasse and uh God, what's the other uh, Austrian, uh it'll come to me in a second. The one start, uh, starts with the letter T, but they know exactly that uh neighborhood in uh, right off of the train station, obviously. Uh, uh, Tano Strasse, there we go. It's obvious that uh, Lammers did, uh kind of fix his, get his head right. It's obvious that Kamada needs to get his head right. But the question is, if not, if we don't use Kamada there, it is, uh, Lind- Lindstrom, the guy to be in the middle. Cause the guy likes to move out wing. Uh, you know, Jens Petahauga is not exactly a guy to play in the center of the pitch. And what are you going to do then? Cause, uh,
3: agent who that's what you're gonna yeah, do that's right but that's the australian cool. in there look we've been putting him in like the yakage position next to so which clearly didn't work out in the first couple of games of the season you bite your tongue. now we brought in yakage sitting next to so which is nice by the way i don't know if you noticed but our f- bottom six all received yellow cards last week that's <laughs> what i call grit right there real football <laughs> grit um but you know, Houstich is good, Could be really work really well up there with Lamas um, right in front of him. You know, Lamas he needs to get off that kind of um, track of you know being the striker where he runs in behind the defense. He needs to start sit, sitting in front of the last man, put you know, put his arm on his chest, and receive the ball and you know play with the midfield a little bit more. Yes, his goal was sexy from custody. <laughs> Not going to put that away from him. He has two, he scored two goals in two games now. Love it, but. You know, I think Hrustic sitting underneath Lamas gives Lamas so much more opportunity because Hrustic is a lot more confident on the ball. He's a lot more skillful on the ball. He's a lefty, which is also pretty unique and fairly dangerous for midfielders and defenders to really get used to. Even though these guys are professionals, it's still going to be a challenge to them. And going can mix and match with, you know, a Bore if he wants to, mm-hmm. not Kustic because Kostic is glued to the left side. If him and Bore kind of, like, alternate here and there, like, kind of how, if you have a traditional 4-4-2, how two strikers are supposed to switch back and forth, switch switch the, uh, the 10 and the, the outside, uh, the right bit back at, um, here, here and there. I mean, I think that could be kind of dangerous. However, I think we need to kind of chill here because, not chill, but, like, get our first gear into second gear. Cause we finally got the engine started with this team. You know, now the next, next question is, can we get into fifth gear and actually start, you know, getting wins? Can I get that wood streak that we had last year? You know? So, um, Like I said about the start of this podcast, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. I stole your wording there, Chris, but um, from earlier. But, you know, it's I think Hustich would be a great fit instead of Kamada. And Kamada would be a great bench player. Like, he only needs, like, 10, 15 minutes. And with those, like, sporadic moments, like, the defenders are going to be tired towards in the game. So Kamada can kind of, you know, we could end up loving Kamada by by being, you know, our sub player. You know, we could all jump on Kamada Island with you after that, Brian.
2: Here's where I'm at. I don't entirely disagree. Um, I think there is a light at the end of the tunnel. But I think the the good thing to take out of this is Philip Kostic never never turned it off. He's right back to where he was before, creating our only offense at times. Uh, the thing about having Kamada in that, in that uh, forward role is that he's not aggressive off the ball. He stands around. He waits for the ball to come to him, and then he'll do something with it whereas Roostich there is more aggressive off the ball. He will find the ball, or he'll put himself in position for a turnover. I just don't see that from Kamada. I don't like him in that position. And we talked over the weekend about the 4-4-2. Is that something that we like? Do we want to see a change changeup? Um, I'm glad we went away from it, because I don't think it worked well with, with our back four at the time. We just didn't generate that movement forward. We still didn't do that, we tried to be more creative though. We just could not pass the ball to save our life. I think we're like 60% passing. You cannot do that in a league match.
0: Well, Nathan, you've kind of been quiet during this entire time. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Drum roll. (laughs) Well, I don't want to build
1: it up that much. I don't, I'm not seeing too much Mm. in the middle that really impresses me outside of Yakich. And so, um, they're starting to commu- Twain, What
0: do you got? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <laughs> he said, don't, that don't impress me. And nah. I'm like, all right, Twain, <laughs> let's go. Well, I,
1: like I said, y- Yakich and so are starting to gel a little bit. And I see their communication with the back, th- with the back four there. Um, that said, there's a lot of questions here. Like, I don't think dorm had a great game at all. I think uh, Mbabu and Luka Bacchio kind of f- destroyed and fleece, Kostich in Dorm. We're looking mm. at two teams here that are basically cookie cutters of the same thing. One one with a, an incredible amount of experience working to get together and another one that has very little. So there is some positives to go away from the fact that we are a team that we will be Wolfsburg someday. We will play to their level, if not better. Um, but I just... I. That midfield man, it is, and I—I I feel like I'm—I'm I'm on Bore Island already. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to be great, but he is clearly not going to be great soon. Um, he—he, <laughs> I, I,
3: <laughs> he, which is fine, because remember right, how long it took Silva to get used to right, it. Right,
1: right, and yeah, that's what I'm trying to—I'm trying to talk myself through this. This is a year of transition. I keep saying it. I keep saying it. Just, I feel like I'm uh, Frank Costanza <laughs> serenity now,
2: but serenity now. But now here's my question. Like we're, we're at the point four league matches into the year. We've had a European match under our belt. We're out of the cup. Like we should know who we are right now. We, we shouldn't be feeling it out still. Um, especially given the guys are at training every day. We should know that rotation. Who's the go-to guys yet. We still don't really know in down the middle, at least who we are,
0: yeah, what our formation
2: is. And yeah, we're still, we're still putting these preseason uh, experimental combinations right. together. And, you know, you have a guy like Lindstrom. I know I've, I've ridden him a lot cause I like his game. I've watched him for a while, but I mean, the guy was a ball hawk for the first couple games. He was all over it, and then he's been primarily coming off the bench. Like, mm-hmm. stick with the guys that are being productive, and I just don't think Common has earned the opportunity to stay in that spot right now.
0: Okay, yeah, so I, here's an idea when it comes to the defense. So, Linz has been kind of win, win playing. He's that, uh, that uh, left back, that fullback uh Over there with him out, uh, at least for the time being. I mean, it, what is our best option? Too. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna—it's not gonna be it just for a second. I'm just kind of like, okay, well, that. How long are we gonna have? Because I would almost say that he was possibly the uh, for all the matches that were played. He was one of the more stable players that we had. Without him there, I'm just kind of wondering. It's like, all right, so our defensive uh, instability is going to continue. I'm just kind of like, great. So we basically need trap to stand on his flipping head all over again.
3: Yeah, I mean, we really don't have any depth in it, really. I mean, the only really two other defenders we have are Stefan Ilzanka and Hasebe, you know, and Timmy Chandler. Oh, my God. Apologies, Timmy. Did not mean to forget you there. (laughs) But, um and, I mean, Armani Tori too, but he's also a liability because he gets injured every single time, like a feather lands on him, it seems like. Yeah. And, like, I love the guy. I mean, he's so active on social media. He's a funny guy on there. It just sucks that he's injured. And, like, he's been fun. He was fun to watch, like, a year and a half ago when he was playing a lot of the games um, with Costa. But... <sighs> I almost want to say we should go back to the three in the back and kind of have Kostic more of that wing player and sit back a little bit more. I don't know if he has that much energy as he had back in like 2017, 2018 when he won the Wokab, but I wouldn't mind doing that again and kind of putting that Kostich back out. Why? Because I mean, the man can't run back for shit, but I mean, at least we'll have Endika, uh, and Hinterega, and instead of Duum, I say we put Lilzanka in there as well as our three setbacks because. Oh, why? <laughs> well, I'd, we I'd know, we also have ha-
1: Lentz in that situation now. But, but he's injured now. Yeah, I, I know that's We
2: so also funny. have to mention that Tuta wasn't even on the bench.
1: Yeah, he wasn't so even in the falling. picture. I, I don't
2: you know what's going that? on there. What should we make of that? That's concerning. 'Cause I mean, back in back in the, the restart after the COVID pause, um, he was about the brightest thing in our future lineup and now he's just non existent. So I don't know what's going on between him and the new administration, but it's worrisome for sure.
1: Yeah, he does he have to quarantine for fourteen Everybody days? He he had some pretty terrible uh play uh of late, so I think some a little but at 22 years system. old,
2: that's going to happen from time to time.
1: Yeah, and we and we should, with this type of team that wants to compete in Europe, have the depth to 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 rebound from that. So I don't. I mean, this is early in the season. I think we should give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh
3: Right, because there's no way administratively we can get rid of him. Because like I said, we have no depth in our defense.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, Decosta, Decosta looked awful out there he i didn't i didn't see him at all during that game If you swing everybody Dale. over get get rid of him and then put indica on the right hinty in the middle lance on the left i i feel like that's a different story but yeah you're right matt i gotta stop thinking that reality here well, yeah. <laughs>
0: well we can always hope that maybe one of those guys on the uh and the U-19s will be will prove that they are ready to make the jump. I guess we can always hope for that. So my uh, my no. my
1: question with this, this whole nonsense is uh, our right side, attacking right side, is completely absent still. Like, there's nothing still, going yeah. on there. And well, un- until we get that fixed, until we get that fixed, our midfield's just going to be a shit show. So we're going to, I don't know.
3: <laughs> I'm 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 already sitting on the seat where I don't even think we're gonna need a midfield for the season. I think we're just gonna hit the ball up, go for the counterattacks, and see what happens. Yeah. Um, unless be. you know, Glassner puts Rusich in there. Really, I think he could be the key decision maker instead of Kamada, and then at least we can have you know strong bench players like put Kamada off the bench. I don't know why the hell we haven't put Pacienza on the bench, even though I know half of us here hate him. Um, Go for it.
2: (laughs) But, yeah. (laughs) I'll try anything at this point. I mean, literally, there there was a time back in that 14, 15, 15, 16 time frame where all of our offense was generated with balls over the top from the back line to the front line. And that's kind of where I feel we're at right now, where we lack the quality passing to move the ball on the ground. We have no choice but to kind of put it over the top, let Kostic run underneath it, and then cross to the middle. It's the same old story, but if you find a defense that can shut him down, you can shut our entire team down, and that's the problem.
0: Well, then here's a question, guys. Um is it better just to outscore the opposition than uh to uh you know try and be the best defensively minded team? Cause I need I it's not like Glasner's team uh, in Austria or even you know, when he was at Wolfsburg, like that they lacked for goals. They scored plenty. They we don't have defense, a good defense
3: too. either, though. Like we, Offense with games, defense with championships.
2: Yeah. But I mean, really, like, Hinti is a little better this week, I thought, than previously. But there's still some issues in the middle of the defense. We don't know. In the four person back line, we don't really know who's going where. Uh, it, it's just disjointed. There's no. There's
3: something no I gotta say about Henty, too, though. He he looked like a thick boy with two C's this past weekend. <laughs> and maybe that's the first time I'm seeing it, but like. <laughs>
1: You're not the first person to notice it.
3: <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe the shirt just wasn't fitted right, or maybe he just had an exercise size shirt, but. Is that he why he cuts the collar off? He
2: just can't get it over the neck?
1: He has some custom collar. Oh my
2: god, I didn't even notice
3: that. Does he cut off the collars?
2: Yeah, he has he, some custom work.
3: Oh my, custom fitted stuff.
2: <laughs>
1: he does not like collars.
2: It's just not safe to wear the collar on the helicopter. You know, it gets all caught it's up.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, shoot, let's be real. Um, he has never been the most agile of players, Hinty you know, he's built more like a wardrobe and kind of moves like one.
2: Yeah. No, I think he's getting better though. I mean, it was blatantly obvious he was overweight and out of shape at the start of the season. I think now he's getting a little more, either he's learning to play with the extra weight or he's dropping a little bit of it, but he's not just, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to make jokes like I did a couple of weeks ago. That was, kind of off-color, but... We you love know you, Hinty, Hintzy,
3: Hintzy <laughs> on me forever.
0: Well, I think that kind of uh, sums it all up, right, folks. We are very displeased at the fact that our team did not get the full three points, but the fact of the matter is we did earn a point on the away and against a team that has been quite high-flying, so... Yeah. I'm, yeah I'm,
1: yeah, it Wolf, that's, Wolfsburg is a, a Silver
0: lion. Right.
1: Wolfsburg is a really well-tuned machine and it, it, it I, this may come as uh, against like what you were saying Brian, but I I actually enjoy watching that team play together. It's they know where each other are and it's it's kind of cool to watch, but I know it's Wolfsburg, so I'll I'll end it there. I don't, <laughs>
3: I mean, we all came, we all I mean, I thought we were gonna lose that game. I thought we all predicted that they were gonna lose the game too. So coming out of a one-month tie was definitely a positive thing. But what made it negative is that this was another game where we scored first and we gave up the lead and we can't do we can't respond afterwards. Totally. I think that's why why we're treating this as a loss, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like yes. how do we leave another opportunity where we lead with a beautiful fucking goal on top of that and we have nothing to show for it. You know, at it, this point, it's ties or d- defeats. And we're sitting exactly where we were last year. Remember, at the start of the season, we had like, I felt like 50 straight draws before we had our first one. And then we didn't lose for a while. So, maybe this is the new Frankfurt trend.
1: Trust the process. Yeah, man. <laughs>
3: going, going
2: on what you just said, Matt, there's something about like having that lead and knowing you're going to give it up. And I was just constantly looking at the clock. Move faster. Move faster. Move faster. Because you knew. It was only a matter of time before we gave it up, oh. and it wasn't shocking when it happened.
0: Something that Oliver Glasner hinted at uh, was we had some trouble with defending the set piece, especially Wolfsburg, who's got some big bodies. And Nathan, you made a good point that that Wolfsburg team really has some cohesion that stems from years of playing together. It's kind of why I put it all down for Bayerns, like would ridiculous number of uh, league championships just because, you know, they have such squad consistency. Is that something, how can we improve this part of the Eintracht game?
1: That's a good question. I mean, the the thing I keep saying, year of transition, trust the process. Um We have to let okay, a Chandler's certain... Blues. <laughs> God damn sort of Damocles uh, <laughs> Too close With the big asterisk hanging over Everything I'm about to say Just let the players let the core Of this team I know we're all questioning What uh, The starters at least We can all debate about the substitution Strategy because I think that's a shit show But at some point we have to let Glossner's core start each game, and get to know each other, and really lock in.
3: Without (laughs) Kamada. Yeah. Like the Glasner guy.
0: Nathan, how locked in do you think that that can be? I mean, are we talking like, you know, locked in like a Bayfow Bay, that they'll, like, suddenly be good in bits that just wow the entire world and blow everyone's doors off. Or are you talking like the St. Louis Cardinals who've rattled off like freaking uh yeah. what is it like <laughs> ten straight victories to suddenly yeah. put themselves in the actual playoff <laughs> contention?
1: <laughs> the Cardinal uh I won't say it. Uh so <laughs> <laughs> no it the, this team is it I'm having so many allusions to the team of last year. Mm -hmm. There, there were so many little pieces that came in at the last minute that needed to kind of check into place and solidify this team. And this is, this is the frustrating part about being a Frankfurt fan right now is that for the foreseeable future, uh, uh, if we don't make your Europa next year, this is still our foreseeable future. Like, a ton of players will leave, new players will come in. They have to get used to the system of the coach and uh and it's going to take far too many games for that to happen. So if we can tread water until that happens, then we might have a good season see see last season see the season before that you know th- this is but this is Frankfurt
2: Nathan isn't taking a point against what is currently a top team in the league, and you know probably going to be a top five team in the league. It isn't taking a point against them this week, treading water.
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And on top of that, and on top of that, we should have lost two one, but that penalty was not called. <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> or Which the was- penalty goal afterwards, like right in the 90th minute. Yeah. That was-, that was not a penalty.
0: To stay with a baseball reference, I think that, you know, us treading water, I think we can do better than the Detroit Tigers taking games off the Chicago White Sox on meaningless matches. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, I came fully loaded today. Nice. Folks. <laughs> nice. But it does kind of bring up the fact that uh, you mentioned uh, Lammer's kind of second. Uh, so Lammer's getting a second goal. Have we found his role within the team and the team attacking setup? Because, you know, I thought he uh, with what I was able to see. I mean I couldn't tell which Lammers was more uh dangerous. the Lambers that played against Fenderbache or the Lambers that played against Wolfsburg when it came down to it? So it's a question oh, of which, which is the one that works better. Well,
2: it I it all
3: depends if we play, really. Yeah. I think well, it depends on the Cone.
2: defense he lines up against. It, it look he's still a, a really young guy. It's gonna take time to develop it the thing going on with Kostic and there's still no feeding coming from the right wing. Um, but he's looking comfortable. He's trying to create space. He, he put himself in position to score both those goals and mm. he looked really confident doing it, especially that Wolfsburg one. He knew exactly what he was doing before that ball arrived. What a strike. So I, I don't really care where it comes from, how he lines up. Just keep feeding him and let him get comfortable and, if he shoots it and it's blocked, he shoots it and it goes 30 yards over the bar, I don't care. Just keep shooting it start getting comfortable because you're our only hope in the middle right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have a striker to score again. You know, we don't have JPH scoring all of our goals. So um, I'm trying to actually figure out whether that was his weak foot that he scored it with because I'm trying to figure whether he's a righty or a lefty, and I can't find it out. I, FIFA's not giving me the right stats here. But even, even if it was his, like, uh, weaker foot, that was a hell of a strike. I, I'm, I'm also with Nathan here where um, I think we found with Bore his kind of spot in the team, you know, playing that winger position, kind of sucking into the middle a little bit to help out with Sam Lammers. So um, I think Lammers is our striker right now. Um, and I'm glad that he's wearing the number nine shirt. On top of that, you know, like the traditional circus usually should. So it, it's it's definitely on the very positive side with him as our uh, number nine for the rest of the season.
2: I'm with you. I think we just got to find a, an additional source for shots on target because we can't rely Anyone. on one unproven guy and say he's our guy. You know, he, yeah, he's the number nine and and that's his spot there. That's his that's his number, but. We also can't rely on something that's unproven if we want to be anywhere
3: remotely successful.
0: Exactly. I'm and-
3: telling you guys right now, Ryan, mm. Nathan, Chris, Oliver, Kusha. put Kustich in there. Him, <laughs> Kostich, <laughs> and Lamas will be our big three. <laughs> put Kamada on the bench. Oh, boy. Let's have Kustich sit there as a the number 10 attacking. And I'm telling you now, he will be great. And if he is great, I expect a position on the coaching staff for the Frankfurt team.
1: There you go. Let's do it. <laughs> Sign him up. Sign. What do we have to
0: lose? <laughs> Nothing at all. Matt, you sound uh,
1: just almost as much as, as confident as I still am about Kostic being a really good striker, but not ever getting the chance.
3: <laughs> oh, that kills me. <laughs> but I see we were cutting out with Nathan
0: on that note that's going to wrap it up for segment one of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt it is now time for hashtag what are we drinking so we'll let the brewmaster in St. Louis go first <laughs>
1: not drinking Kool-Aid right now I guess <laughs> Uh <laughs> Uh yeah, uh, so my Oktoberfest is done. My five gallons is sitting downstairs, hasn't cracked it open yet, but I have got some other Meritzens. Uh one from Iinger, one from mm. <laughs> the the venerable Santa, Sam Adams, which tastes nothing like Meritzen, but I love it anyways. Uh what else? What else? What else? I got a ton of shit downstairs. I got some Yinling from my trip from New Orleans. Um, there you go. yeah, good stuff. But right now drinking a good old English
0: tea. There you go. There you go. And going further and further east. First, we go to Chris in Detroit, where, uh, the beer usually is always flowing in your house. Where's that? The water.
2: The beer is, uh, the beer is always um, flowing. Uh, the water is currently staying out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, we'll be floating by the morning here in Detroit. But um, <laughs> no, so if you follow our Discord, uh, hashtag Water Drinking on Discord, I came up with an awesome concoction over the weekend involving um, Founders Highball uh, beer with some Jack Daniel's whiskey, some apple cider, and cinnamon on the brim. It was stunning. It was perfect. So that's what I'm on tonight.
1: Hell
0: uh, yeah.
2: Apple cider straight out of Michigan is some of the finest stuff in the world. I'll put it up against any. And
0: hmm.
2: I'm making the most of it this year.
0: There you go. All right, Matt. what is uh, What do you got in the big city for us?
3: Got something here from Brooklyn down under me here. Got something from Transmitter Brewing Company. Um, pretty cool tropical fruit citrus, um, pale ale. It's got about 6.6% of alcohol. Should be a nine point nine percent because the more alcohol, the better. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> um, With this team, but yeah, not 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 a bad not a bad um, can. I mean, did you guys ever get a can from there? Feel it because it's kind of got that like leathery like feel, like, I've like been, a basketball, like like what's the word? I'm still looking for physically harassing this can <laughs> just by touching it.
2: I have no comments. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I am drinking, actually, a beer that is out of Denver, Colorado, the Prost Brewing Company and Beer Garden. They had, uh, had a chance to try their medicine. Uh, actually, it was I rated that pretty doggone highly. I did not expect uh, that to be good. Really? Uh, I've got a few other Meritsons to try, including one from Springfield, Missouri. Fingers crossed that that doesn't uh, disappoint for a second consecutive year. And here's uh, the Meritson from Prost Brewing Company in Colorado. Uh, yeah, so that's it for hashtag WhatAreWeDrinking. And we'll be back with segment two. We got the Frauen. We've got Cone and some extra chat. So stay with. And here we are, segment two of Hey track, Frankfurt. Matt, you seem to love the Frauen because the way that they took it to the running all the way to the Pokal finale, the Frauen really made us proud. Guess what is on this guess what is up this weekend in the Frauen corner? The fucking pokal baby <laughs> exactly now chris i can only guess that you have been watching uh zweite liga frauen foosball uh, as eintracht takes on zweite liga side if fc nuremberg what can you tell us about them <laughs>
2: um this is where we cue the cricket sound effect <laughs> i'll be honest <laughs> as much as i As much as I go to the end of the world to find um, the on-track Frauen video in some very suspicious locations on the Internet, um, I have not seen anything of Nuremberg. I have nothing to put out there tactically. But I will say um, our team is playing phenomenal right now, taking max points through the league through three games. All of our goal scoring has come from under 24s. Everyone's twenty three and under. All seven, eight, nine, whatever goals we have. Um uh Prasnakar up front is doing phenomenal, Fragging as usual. And we're really just like cooking. We talked about the development from one year to the next. We're seeing right now that consistency picking up where they ended at the end of last year is bleeding over into this year with a strong start. So I'm encouraged by it and it'll be interesting to see how they do here. You know, You never want to lose to a lower division club in the cup as the men's side will tell you, Hmm. Uh, it's become a habit for us, but Hey,
0: Nathan, for you, is this the perfect way to, uh, just kind of start us all start upgrading everything about the Eintracht is like, did the females, are the females really going to be the ones who, uh, move on and, uh, you know end up in that top 3 end up possibly taking that pokal itself you know taking that next step like the men did uh from 2017's final to 2018's final this is it happening
1: well that team is certainly on a different or in a different part of their journey than the men's team um as far as as the specifics go i can only read about it cuz it's very difficult to find any way to watch it in the United States.
0: That is, yeah, yeah that is that's the difficult true. thing when it comes to watching the frown. It's that it, uh, the VPN is necessary. Yeah. Well, um, I but, got one of those. I just need the link. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there was a big push last year and we talk about it every week and somebody from the home office has to pay attention. Uh, they did a great job at the end of last year, getting more games on YouTube and, other streaming services so that people were engaged every week around the world. Um, People that were new to the German women's game, like myself, just I followed women's soccer here in the United States and other parts of Europe for years, and I got so into it last year, and now I'm, like, craving it, and there's nothing there. So I really hope the DFL and and the club, you know, get back to – where they were last year, was streaming everything. It cost you virtually nothing.
0: Exactly. 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 Uh, just hopefully better streaming service, better streaming ability than the NWSL because a thing on Paramount Plus can sometimes be just cringeworthy. Just saying. Uh, it's kind of hard to <coughs> watch your own local team uh, at times when the the viewing yeah, is just Yeah, figure yuck. your shit
3: out, Paramount. What the hell is all this giving us yeah. a 20 minute blackout session during the game. Yeah,
1: fuck you, Paramount.
3: (laughs) Seriously,
1: (laughs) holy crap!
3: Hey, I believe in second chances. Don't you? Don't don't screw this up now. Here comes Nathan's rant. He's been waiting a week for this
2: one. Yeah, second chances.
1: Go off. off. No, no. I see. Okay, who's Paramount owned by? Fucking Disney. Who who, who owns who? Who who owns fucking? Who is also owned by Disney? Fucking ESPN. Wait, hold on. Put it on hold fucking on. ESPN.
2: Hold on. CBS owns Paramount, no?
1: No. It's. I thought it was a subsidiary of Disney. It's CBS. It is? It's CBS. C- subsidiary
0: of CBS. <laughs> oh. Fuck them and, too. All right. Fucking calm <laughs> CBS. Oh, fuck them too. <laughs> Uh, hey,
1: Paramount Plus was not built to house sporting events and it's blatantly obvious. Not, you can't none of us true. can rewatch that the game. Red so Stones. if you missed it, Blame the so Red if you Stones, missed man. it, if you missed it like me, you can't fucking watch it. So all we get is the fucking highlights and that shows you nothing about the game itself and what and the whole story. So, oh, all right, rant done. I'm not
0: doing it. <laughs> well, guess what? Go from one rant to another. Uh, We'll skip the Paramount Plus uh, Crucifixion if just for one more week because, you know, if they screw it up for next week between Eintracht and Anthrop, then I'm going to lose my shit. Uh, But, well, guys, we uh, kind of used the international break recently to... uh, to To be able to kind of reform at the team a little bit, we've had a few better results uh, against better teams that we've faced so far. And a Twitter question that I put out uh, a couple weeks ago when I was uh, MIA. Sorry about that, but you know, hey, look, I came back. <laughs> um, you got your pay thing. increase.
3: <laughs> <laughs> contract hold the, that was successful
0: brian well done the two uh the two fifa so there was a fifa meeting in qatar uh bad idea having the world cup there but i think that you know <laughs> ship has sailed and um two ideas came out one for a world cup every two years Nope, not we're not even gonna put we're all gonna say nope, it's not gonna happen. We won't let it happen. We will boycott it if I, if we can do anything about it. But one thing that was proposed for changes is making the international calendar. Now remember we had uh we got what three matches in and you had your pro and then you had an international break. And the international break for October is literally showing up in like less than like Less than three weeks' time. So that will happen. And then it's going to happen in freaking November again. And then it's going to happen in January. And then in March because, you know, COVID happened. And I'm just kind of like, you know what? I love the international game. I love following my U.S. men's national team, you know, even in some of the slump matches that they have had. But you know what? I got reinvigorated for the international love of your international team when we saw – the red, white, and blue defeat Honduras, you know, in Honduras. So, you know, good result on that. But it did make me think, you know, these international breaks, whilst we can enjoy what they are and what they bring to our soccer lives. Now, there's plenty of people who love the, the club game instead, but... There is a place for the international game. I just think that we will be better suited if you had it in one big old block as opposed to um, your three sporadic fall international qualifiers because, you know, you don't want – if you get on a roll – like we did um, in last season, guess what? We were lucky in the fact that we didn't have an international break break us up. If we got on a roll, uh, say we started getting on a roll now, somehow we continued that uh, into the November international break, but then we just got completely derailed because that's what can really happen. Just look at how many teams are good in the Hen runda and then you take your Winter pause, and the Rook Runda is absolutely a shit show. I mean... I want to know, uh, am I crazy for wanting this to uh, change or, you know, am I onto to something here?
3: Hand up just a tad. Yeah. Um, I don't, it's, it's, there has to be some sort of like, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is there has to be some sort of like, not consistency, like but inconsistency. You know, because you definitely want to have the players kind of switch it up sometimes. Like, it's definitely good for the morale side of things for players who are good enough to go on the international side of things, which is not a lot of our players um, can go out can go out and you know mingle with other players and come back into it. Um, and then you know you can do that, you know, do two to three games in one week, and then you know don't do it again for another. And a half or two months. A good I think that's a lot better than kind of combining it into one month because you also got to think like these guys have families, like they're leaving, they're leaving them for a complete month. Like there's a bunch of like outside of outside endorsements. Again, not our players because no one's that good on our team, but um, it's you know there's there's a whole dynamic where they you know they're leaving their families also for a month, and it also kind of disrupts the team in a sense, you know because these players are going into completely different tactics. You know, a lot of these players play different positions on their national teams as well. So, you know, the whole one month kind of full-on international stuff, we can get, you know, the qualifiers out of the way, the European Cup out of the way, uh, or the qualifiers out of the way. Um, I it just, it's, it just kind of disorients the players in a sense. So, yeah, I think you're a little crazy with that. I still love you. But I, it's, it's, I, I'd, I'd rather keep the system that we have it now than, you know, combining it all in within one month and then, you know, kind of having a half restart button, like halfway push a restart button when you come back after that month.
2: Can I propose an alternative option? Mm. How about a worldwide uh, winter pause? Just like most of the leagues do. I'm not upset. Anybody listening in England, because God forbid you fuck with Boxing Day, but if that break happened from, say, December 1st to January 15th, when a a lot of the leagues go on break anyway, and you have that window of time, which also coincides with the transfer window, so players moving in that window who are not part of national teams, which, to be honest, most players of national team caliber don't move that often, um, that's an opportunity for guys to move at a point where they have a window of time to acclimate to a new team environment, a new city, a new country, uh, whatever it is. Give me a six-week window from, say, December 1st to January 15th because there's only, what, three leagues at play in that late December window anyway. Why not just make that that international window in itself? Plus, I mean, here in the States, I can't speak for the rest of the world a lot of people don't work through much of the month of December. That's when people want to watch their teams play their international teams, your families all together, you know, get together and watch Germany, watch France, watch the United States, play those international games while you're having your, your Christmas Turkey.
0: Well, uh, I mean, that's a good idea. I just would <sighs> throw out there that there's a couple of countries uh, in the North uh <laughs> That would say, excuse us, that's a lot of snow to plan.
2: Uh, global warming, dude. We'll be fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, okay. We've kind of touched on this. Yes, Nathan. I, I the uh, Option
1: three <laughs> <laughs> is just keep it the way it is. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> it sucks, but it's the best. I don't know. The thing the position that i take is that a change like this is is mostly delivered from the top of the pyramid so who is to the benefit who is to benefit the most probably the teams that are competing the best right now so your bayerns and stuff because then they <laughs> have that team chemistry all the way throughout um and they can focus on that one thing while those teams, those teams that come in, say a Frankfurt or, you know, a Mainz or whoever, um, you know, middle of the table team expecting to play those those top teams when they have to bench somebody so that they can keep them for Europa or whatever. It gives at least to me, it gives us uh, like a different calculus to deal with during those games it makes them more interesting I think they probably make them more competitive and a little more it, it draws to parity a little more rather than the opposite which is why they made the nation's league so right so that I, let's, let's keep the status quo that's, that's my p- pitch
3: I think about it this, boys. Imagine Kostić was, imagine we were a superstar team like Bayern right now. And, you know, Lamos is the starting striker for the Netherlands. Kostić is the, um, you know, captain for Serbia. And we play this uh, this one-month tournament that you proposed, um, Brian. One of them tears an ACL. The other one tears a kneecap. Because they played for the national team and not for us. And then that screws us over for the second half of the season. or whenever But that could happen with the current set
2: I mean you have right, guys leave in october january march they those things happen in the current setup it's just part right, of the game
3: but it's but it's less likely for that person to get an injury within playing those one you know if, if they play two games in that week, they're most likely only playing one game total uh, combining two games no more than hundred, 140 minutes or so, maybe 150. They're not playing the full 180 minutes, that's for sure. And but. it's
2: different from year to year, too, whether you're talking about friendlies where you don't need to play guys or qualifiers like this year that's going to be ultra-competitive, too.
3: Correct, correct. But I think what I'm saying is, you know, there's a lot less games on the national side of things for potential of injury where I'd rather have him get injured in Frankfurt, if that kind of makes sense. You yeah, Because at least you I utilize you. him, so... And we're all
2: on the same page that we don't want to see that every two-year World Cup, right? Agreed.
3: Uh, fuck that. We have the Euro Cup for that. That's enough.
0: And just like that, we are ready to talk about... The match of the weekend. So, Eintracht m- comes back home. 25,000 people will be allowed into the stadium. It will be against a team who is doing slightly better than the Eintracht when it comes to this season. And, erste, erste, Um I love it when the Billy Goats come to town because it usually means three points are easy grabs. And why not have a couple of lamb shanks while kicking their asses? Um they do look a little bit more stable. Is that can be said on uh Stefan Baumgart who seems to be more, just as much of a coach as he is a uh clothing model. So <laughs> and the fact that he's uh been <laughs> enabled uh god what's the player's name? Uh yes, thank you. Uh Anthony Modest he's been able to get him to start firing again. This is a team that like there are a lot of guys with a lot of Bundesliga experience on this team and they are integrating, you know, their own local players who have come through their academy. Ah, something we can all learn from. Um this could be tricky, but I think this is yeah, I think this is where we uh, finally get our first one of the season. I will stick my neck out on that one. I
2: don't Nobody went first. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, uh, nobody wants to touch this one. Um, but they don't have a lot of firepower. Um, no. They're scoring, they're scoring enough goals. I think they have nine through five or four or whatever. But they're giving up goals too. Um, Timo Horn, who's just a guy I'd love to see get scored on every opportunity.
0: Possible. He's a sieve.
2: Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. There's just something about him. He's very punchable. But um, I think we have an opportunity to score goals against them. They don't have a tremendous amount of talent uh, defensively, and not that we have a lot of offensive talent. But I think we have the opportunity to get several shots on goal. We're we're happy lately with two or three shots on target. I think we kind of open things up here against a team we should have more quality than. And I say we win by multiple goals. Oh wow! I say three. 3-2-0. 3-2-0. I'll call the clean sheet.
0: Holy Goodness. Oh, um, I
2: have yet to do that this year. I want it to be known. I've yet to do that this year.
0: With good he, He's calling it versus <laughs> the goats. Okay. Okay. All righty then. Uh, just in case anyone was wondering how matches have occurred in recent past. Uh, last spring, it was a 2-0 victory for the Eintracht after a 1-1 draw. And the season prior to that, it was that ugly four to two loss at home, followed by a one one draw after the Corona pause, and then uh, before that, it was a full. It had been a multiple years since I tried to play in Cologne because Cologne got relocated because they were schmacks. <laughs> so Nathan, uh, you or Matt can go next. I know Matt was a little reluctant to go first. Well I'll
1: I'll I'll let Matt stew a little bit more. I'm gonna continue Yeah. I mean <laughs> go I
3: appreciate it. I think go th- ahead. thank you for the mic here, Nathan. Um I I'm kinda skeptical on your three nothing um prediction here, Chris, just because A, we can't defend for shit, but I love the optimism here. And B. Javi Lukom tied Leipzig a really, really poor Leipzig had a good game against Freiburg in Freiburg decent game against Bochum and they were able to almost tie with Bayern until they like Bayern or, was it, Serge Gnabry or Lewandowski scored in the last uh, minute, I want to say it was Lewandowski it was probably Serge, but either way like Köln has had a fairly fairly hard you know campaign so far, first four games, and they've proven up to the task so like I I don't want to I don't think they're like going to be as hard as it was against Wolfsburg I don't think they're going to be as easy as it was supposed to be against Aminia Bielefeld but I think the way we're going to be playing this is going to really um, really use the Glasner high press attacking method here because they've already they've let seven goals through here Yes, yesterday from, from Bayern but other than that, you know, it's they've only let in one goal in um, so far defensively. But I think we have the opportunity to really throw it down their throats and kind of get them nervous. You know, Cone really doesn't ever do well when they come to Frankfurt. You know, we're we're strong at home. We're getting stronger at home. We're getting. We're you know, hope it sucks that we can't have the thirty-one thousand fans that were proposed earlier in the week to come into the stadium. We're back to the twenty-five k. But that's okay because at least going to be some progression. It's going to give a little bit more motivation for our boys to do a little bit better. So realistically, I really think this is going to be a two-one game for us. You know, I think Lamas and Costa are going to get both goals for us, and um, yeah, you know, two-one for the boys, and I, I think we're going to get our first win. Not positivity. really ready for a second. Not really ready for our second clean sheet just yet, just because something stupid's going to happen in the defensive end, whether it's going to be a red card, a really bad pack pass, a terrible clearance, something's going to happen. Something's bound to happen. Like you said earlier, Chris, it's like when we score first, we're just watching the clock go down until we, well, until we get scored on. Um, but, yeah, 2-1 for our boys.
0: Nathan, finally, your turn. Well, I'm
1: not feeling as positive as y'all. Um, I still think we have a lot of growing pains to have, although I, I, and I also think we tend to, as a team, play to the skill level of the team that we are playing. So up or down, good or bad, we're going to play Cologne at Cologne's level, and it's going to be a, a shit show, and it'll be 1-1. We'll, we'll get a tie again.
0: Oh, I just realized that I had not made a scoreline prediction and I am picking three to one. I think that the Eintracht is able to get two goals early and the spirit of Cologne does not kind of impact the rest of the match. They keep on chasing, chasing. They get one. They try and chase to get another. And yet somehow we uh, pounce on that and uh, yeah, we get our third. So that's how I think that match will go at the weekend all right that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of hey i'm trying Frank frankfurt like to thank the full panel for joining us that's nathan that is chris that is matt um nathan where can we find you in the social media landscape of the world
1: um you can find me on twitter at n-a-j-a-k-w-a and on discord by the same name
0: chris where can we find you
2: Twitter and Discord at C in the D 313.
0: And
3: Matt, where can we find you? You can find me at WAGMA underscore on Twitter, and you can find all of us on our new Instagram page, mm-hmm. which is Kind yeah. of a very difficult spelling in here. Kind of difficult username. It's uh, it's Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. So hopefully <laughs> that's not too hard for people. But uh, yeah, come check us out. You know, we're going to be posting our uh, predictions on there. Going to post the lineups that we want to see, and then more extra stuff where you know you may be seeing our faces and other positive, co- uh, hilarious content regarding our Adler boys. We're yeah, sure. okay. give us a like, give us a follow, and uh, yeah appreciate uh, show us some love
0: all the love all the love ways that you can also follow the eintracht in addition to our ins- new instagram is at hef Pond on twitter hey uh that is uh at gmail dot gmail.com it's where you can drop us an email ask us questions or just throw in a good old rant and rave uh, we do love those. Trust us on that. And of course, facebook.com oh, yeah. slash H-E-F pod for all the latest uh, news and information on Eintracht Frankfurt in the English language. So, from all of us here at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, thanks for listening to this episode of uh, the podcast. We will be back uh, to look back on Eintracht versus Cone and of course, have a look at Eintracht and Antwerp in the Europa League match day two. So, See you then, and till next time, choose. We love you, Hintie.
3: Hintie on me forever.